0: Lila Leela Amrita. In my personal view, in my humble opinion, today, this anniversary, is the most significant and important day in American history. Because without Srila Prabhupada arriving in America, We wouldn't be here. Who knows where we would be. So I beg your forgiveness. And I beg you to let me indulge in reading this chapter. The Journey to America. Srila Prabhupada Kijay. So. The Jaladutta is a regular cargo carrier of the Cindy Steam Navigation Company, but there is a passenger cabin aboard. During the voyage from Calcutta to New York in August and September of 1965, the cabin was occupied by Sri Abhoy Charanaravinda Bhaktivedanta Swami whose age was listed as 69 and who was taken on board bearing a complimentary ticket with food. The Jaladutta, under the command of Captain Arun Pandya, whose wife was also aboard, left 9 a.m. on Friday, August 13th, in his diary, Srila Prabhupada noted, quote, The cabin is quite comfortable, thanks to Lord Sri Krishna for enlightening Sumati Moraji for all these arrangements. I am quite comfortable. But on the 14th, he reported, seasickness, dizziness, vomiting, Bay of Bengal heavy rains, more sickness. On the 19th, when the ship arrived at Colombo, Ceylon, now known as Sri Lanka, Prabhupada was able to get relief from his seasickness. The captain took him ashore, and he traveled around Colombo by car. Then the ship went on toward Cochin, on the west coast of India. Janmashtami, the appearance day of Lord Krishna, fell on the 20th of August that year. Prabhupada took the opportunity to speak to the crew about the philosophy of Lord Krishna, and he distributed prasadam he had cooked himself. August 24th, excuse me, August 21st, was his 70th birthday, observed without ceremony at sea. The same day the ship arrived at Cochin, and Srila Prabhupada's trunks of Srimad Bhagavatam volumes, which had been shipped from Bombay, were loaded on board. By the 23rd, the ship had put out to the Red Sea, where Śrīla Prabhupāda encountered great difficulty. He noted in his diary, rain, seasickness, dizziness, headache, no appetite, vomiting. The symptoms persisted, but it was more than seasickness. The pains in his chest made him think that he would die at any moment. In two days, he suffered two heart attacks. He tolerated the difficulty, meditating on the purpose of his mission. But after two days of such violent attacks, he thought that if another were to come, he would certainly not survive. On the night of the second day, Prabhupada had a dream. Lord Krishna, in his many forms, was rowing a boat, and he told Prabhupada that he should not fear, but should come along. Prabhupada felt assured of Lord Krishna's protection, and the violent attacks did not recur. The Jaladuta entered the Suez Canal on September 1st, and stopped in Port Said on the 2nd. Srila Prabhupada visited the city with the captain and said that he liked it. By the 6th, he had recovered a little from his illness and was eating regularly again for the first time in two weeks, having cooked his own kitchri and puris. He reported in his diary that his strength renewed little by little. Here's the entry, Prabhupada's diary entry for September 9th. To 4 o'clock this afternoon, we have crossed over the Atlantic Ocean for 24 hours. The whole day was clear and almost smooth. I am taking my food regularly and have got some strength to struggle. There is also a slight tacking of the ship, and I am feeling a slight headache also. But I am struggling, and the nectarine of life is Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, the source of all my vitality. Friday, September 10th, his diary reads, Today the ship is plying very smoothly, I feel today better, but I am feeling separation from Sri Vrindavan and my lords, Sri Govinda Gopinath Radha Damodar. The only solace is Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, in which I am tasting the nectarine of Lord Chaitanya's Leela or pastimes. I have left Bharatabhumi just to execute the order of Sri Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati in pursuance of Lord Chaitanya's order. I have no qualification, but have taken up the risk just to carry out the order of His Divine Grace. I depend fully on their mercy so far away from Vrindavan. During the voyage, Śrīla Prabhupāda sometimes stood on deck at the ship's rail, watching the ocean and the sky, and thinking of Chaitanya Charitamrita, Vrindavan Dam, and the order of his spiritual master to go preach in the West. Mrs. Pandya, the captain's wife, whom Śrīla Prabhupāda considered to be an intelligent and learned lady, foretold Śrīla Prabhupāda's future. If he were to pass beyond this crisis in his health, she said, it would indicate the goodwill of Lord Krishna. The ocean voyage of 1965 was a calm one for the Jaladūta. The captain said that never in his entire career had he seen such a calm Atlantic crossing. Prabhupada replied that the calmness was Lord Krishna's mercy and Mrs. Pandya asked Prabhupada to come back with them so that they may have another such crossing. Srila Prabhupada then wrote in his diary, If the Atlantic had shown its usual face, perhaps I would have died, but Lord Krishna has taken charge of the ship. On September 13th, Prabhupada noted in his diary, 32nd day of journey, cooked butti kichari. It appeared to be delicious, so I was able to take some food. Today I've disclosed my mind to my companion, Lord Sri Krishna. There is an Bengali poem made by me in this connection. This poem was a prayer to Lord Krishna and it is filled with Prabhupada's devotional confidence in the mission that he had undertaken on behalf of his spiritual master. An English translation of the opening stanzas are as follows. So here it is. I emphatically say to you, O brothers you will obtain your good fortune from the Supreme Lord Krishna only when Sri Mati Radharani becomes pleased with you. Shri Srimad Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who is very dear to Lord Gauranga, the son of Mother Shachi, is unparalleled in his service to the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna. He is the great saintly spiritual master who bestows intense devotion to Krishna at different places throughout the world. By his strong desire, the holy name of Lord Gauranga will spread throughout all the countries of the Western world. In all the cities, towns, and villages on the earth, from all the oceans, seas, rivers, and streams, everyone will chant the holy name of Krishna. As the vast mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu conquers all directions, a flood of transcendental ecstasy will certainly cover the land. And when all the sinful, miserable living entities become happy, then the Vaishnava's desire is fulfilled. Although my Guru Maharaj ordered me to accomplish this mission, I am not worthy or fit to do it. I am very fallen and insignificant. Therefore, O Lord, now I am begging for your mercy so that I may become worthy. For you are the wisest and most experienced of all. And this is how the poem ends. Today, the remembrance of you came to me in a very nice way. Because I have a great longing, I call to you. I am your eternal servant, and therefore I desire your association so much. O oh, Lord Krishna, except for you there is no means of success. In the same straightforward factual manner in which he had noted the date, the weather, and his state of health, he now described his helpless dependence on his quote, companion Lord Krishna, and his absorption in the ecstasy of separation from Krishna. He described the relationship between the spiritual master and the disciple, and he praised his own spiritual master, Sri Srimad Bhaktisantanta Saraswati, by whose strong desire the holy name of Lord Goranga will spread throughout all the countries of the Western world. He plainly stated that his spiritual master had ordered him to accomplish this mission of worldwide Krishna consciousness. And feeling unworthy, he prayed to Lord Krishna for strength. The last verses give an unexpected confidential glimpse into Śrīla Prabhupāda's direct relationship with Lord Krishna. Prabhupāda called on Krishna as his Dear friend, and long for the joy of again wandering the fields of Braja. This memory of Krishna, he wrote, came because of a great desire to serve the Lord. Externally, Srila Prabhupada was experiencing great inconvenience. He had been aboard ship for a month and had suffered heart attacks, and repeated seasickness. Moreover, even if he were to recover from these difficulties, his arrival in America would undoubtedly bring more difficulties. But remembering the desire of his spiritual master, taking strength from his reading of Chaitanya Charitamrita, and revealing his mind in his prayer to Lord Krishna, Prabhupada remained confident After a 35 day journey from Calcutta the Jaladuta reached Boston's Commonwealth Pier at 5:30 a.m. on September 17, 1965 yeah. Śrīla Prabhupada key yeah. The ship was to stop briefly in Boston before proceeding to New York City. Among the first things Srila Prabhupada saw in America were the letters A and P printed on a pierfront warehouse. So I'm from the East Coast. So just like we have routes, grocery store, A and P is like Ralph's grocery store because I remember my mother would shop at A and P. So this is very common. At this time I was 15 years old. So this reading this is very 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 emotional for me. Let's continue. The gray waterfront dawn revealed the ships in the harbor, a conglomeration of lobster stands and drab buildings, and rising in the distance, the Boston skyline. Prabhupada had to pass through U.S. Immigration and Customs in Boston. His visa allowed him a three-month stay, and an official stamped it to indicate it his expected date of departure. Captain Pandya invited Prabhupada to take a walk into Boston, where the captain intended to do some shopping. They walked across a footbridge into a busy commercial area with old churches, warehouses, office buildings, bars, tawdry bookshops, nightclubs, and restaurants. Prabhupada briefly observed the city, but the most significant thing about his short stay in Boston, aside from the fact that now he had set foot in America, was that at Commonwealth Pier, he wrote another Bengali poem entitled, Markine Bhagavat Dharm, Teaching Krishna Consciousness in America. Some of the verses he wrote on board the ship that day are as follows. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Here we go. My dear Lord Krishna, you are so kind upon this useless soul, But I do not know why you have brought me here. Now you can do whatever you like with me. But I guess you have some business here. Otherwise, why would you bring me to this terrible place? Most of the population here is covered by the material modes of ignorance and passion. Absorbed in material life, they think themselves very happy and satisfied, and therefore they have no taste for the transcendental message of Vasudeva, Krishna. I do not know how they will be able to understand it, but I know that your causeless mercy can make everything possible because you are the most expert mystic. How will they understand the mellows of devotional service? O oh Lord, I am simply praying for your mercy so that I will be able to convince them about your message. All living entities have come under the control of the illusory energy by your will. And therefore, if you like, by your will, they can also be released from the clutches of illusion. I wish that you may deliver them. Therefore, if you so desire their deliverance, then only will they be able to understand your message. How will I make them understand this message of Krishna consciousness? I am very unfortunate, unqualified, and the most fallen. Therefore, I am seeking your benediction so that I can convince them, for I am powerless to do so on my own. Somehow or other, O Lord... You have brought me here to speak about you. Now, my Lord, it is up to you to make me a success or failure as you like. O spiritual master of all the worlds, I can simply repeat your message. So if you like, you can make my power of speaking suitable for their understanding. Only by your causeless mercy will my words become pure. I am sure that when this transcendental message penetrates their hearts, they will certainly feel gladdened and thus become liberated from all unhappy conditions of life. O Lord, I am just like a puppet in your hands, so if you have brought me here to dance, then make me dance, make me dance, O oh Lord, make me dance as you like. I have no devotion, nor do I have any knowledge, but I have strong faith in the holy name of Krishna. I have been designated as Bhaktivedanta. And now, if you like, you can fulfill the real purport of Bhaktivedanta. Signed, the most unfortunate, insignificant beggar, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, on board the ship Jaladuta, Commonwealth Pier, Boston, Massachusetts, United States of America, dated 18th September, 1965. He was now in America. He was in a major American city, rich with billions, populated with millions, and determined to stay the way it was. Prabhupada saw Boston from the viewpoint of a pure devotee of Krishna. He saw the hellish city life, people dedicated to the illusion of material happiness. All his dedication and training moved him to give these people the transcendental knowledge and the saving grace of Krishna consciousness. Yet, he was feeling weak, lowly, and unable to help them on his own. He was but an insignificant beggar with no money. He had barely survived two heart attacks at sea. He spoke a different language. He dressed strangely. Yet, he had come to tell the people to give up meat-eating, illicit sex, intoxication and gambling and to teach them To worship Lord Krishna, who to them was a mythical Hindu god. What would he be able to accomplish? Helplessly he spoke his heart directly to God. Quote, I wish that you may deliver them. I am seeking your benediction so that I can convince them. End of quote. And for convincing them, he would trust in the power of God's holy name and in Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam. This transcendental sound would clean away desire for material enjoyment from their hearts and awaken loving service to Krishna. On the streets of Boston, Prabhupāda was aware of the power of ignorance and passion that dominated the city. But he had faith in the transcendental process. He was tiny, but God was infinite, and God was Krishna, his dear friend. On the 19th of September, the Jaladutta sailed into New York Harper and docked at a Brooklyn pier at 17th Street. Śrīla Prabhupāda saw the awesome Manhattan skyline, the Empire State Building, and like millions of visitors and immigrants in the past, the Statue of Liberty. Śrīla Prabhupāda was dressed appropriately for a resident of Vrindavan. He wore kantimal, net beads, and a simple cotton dhoti, and he carried japa mala, chanting beads, and an old chadar, or shawl. His complexion was golden, his head shaven, shika in the back, his forehead decorated with the whitest Vaishnava tilak. He wore pointed white rubber slippers, not uncommon for sadhus in India. But who in New York had ever seen or dreamed of anyone appearing like this Vaishnava? He was possibly the first Vaishnava sannyasi to arrive in New York with uncompromised appearance. Of course, New Yorkers have an expertise in not giving much attention to any kind of strange new arrival. because. New York, they've seen it all. And New York is like the, how shall you say, the melting pot of all strangeness. Yes. Srila Prabhupada was on his own. He had a sponsor, Mr. Agawal, somewhere in Pennsylvania. Surely someone would be here to greet him. Although he had little idea what to do as he walked off the ship onto the pier. As Prabhupada wrote, I did not know whether to turn left or right. He passed through the dockside formalities and was met by a representative from Traveler's Aid sent by the Agarwals in Pennsylvania, who offered to take him to the Sindia ticket office in Manhattan to book his return passage to India. At the Sindhya office, Prabhupada spoke with the ticket agent, Joseph Forster, who is impressed by this unusual passenger's Vaishnava appearance, his light luggage, and his apparent poverty. He regarded Prabhupada as a priest. Most of Sindhya's passengers were businessmen or families, And so Mr. Forrester had never seen a passenger wearing the traditional Vaishnava dress of India. He found Śrīla Prabhupāda to be a pleasant gentleman who spoke of the nice accommodations and treatment he had received aboard the Jaladuta. Prabhupāda asked Mr. Forrester to hold space for him on a return ship to India. His plans were to leave in about two months, and he told Mr. Forrester that he would keep in touch. Carrying only 40 rupees cash, which he himself called a few hours spending in New York, and an additional $20 he had collected from selling three volumes of the Bhagavatam to Captain Pandya, Sheila Prabhupada, with umbrella and suitcase in hand, still escorted by the Traveler's Aid representative, set out for the Port Authority bus terminal to arrange for his trip to Butler, Pennsylvania. Sheila Prabhupada.